Greetings and welcome to another episode of Out the Box Talks. I am your host, Krill. We are here at episode 55. So I want to thank all of our listeners for always tuning in. Today, we have uh, another special guest, really, really dope artist. He put out a new album, I want to say like a week ago, called Warp Collages. Uh, But he's been doing music for over a a decade, right? Um, I first kind of got wind of him at the 2009 XXL Freshman Magazine cover. So you're talking about, like like I said, well over a decade, right? But... um, I don't have a lot of time to talk to him about his full catalog, so we're going to emphasize and focus on this new album, which is amazing. It's called Warp Collages. It features Sayari the Kid, Razcast, Cecily, Terrell Mackey, Sharif Keys, etc., right? So without further ado, I want to welcome to our Out the Box Talks listening audience, my brother hailing from New York City. Mickey Facts. Welcome. Wow, man. Wow, man. That, 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 was an, that was an incredible intro, man. I appreciate the love. Thank you very much for having me, brother. Indeed, man. Indeed. Like I said earlier in the intro, man, I have been listening to this album since it's come out, and I'm just blown away. I'm, like, really, really blown away by the themes and just everything that you have going on lyrically with this project. So I'm so delighted to talk to you about this. So again, thank you for your time. So let me, let me ask you uh, just to kind of jump to it. Tell me why you decided to name this album Warped Collages. Um, I definitely wanted to name it Warped Collages because of 2020 and how it was. So when you listen to the intro, you can see that it is a collage of different news clippings that happened throughout, you know, the uh, the year dealing with the country. Um, so these collages with thoughts and things that either happened to me or friends of mine, every single story um, or every single rhyme, you know, there's a theme behind every single track and, and warped. I wanted to make sure that whatever the song was, there was a, a double meaning for it, or there was a surprise ending at every song, mm. um, as well as there was something warped within the beat. So that's another layer for the people to kind of find and figure out for each song. There's something warped about everything, you know? Yo, that's so dope. I, I think I noticed that, but I didn't realize that it was like on every song. So that's even more like fresh to hear. Like I'm going to definitely go back and, and, and check for those decoded you know, feels of the album. So thanks for sharing that. Now, the first line you say on the first song of the album entitled Collages um, is new father grew sharper. I want to first just take a moment to congratulate you on becoming a new father. Is this your first time being a father? First child at 38 years old. Wow. Congratulations, man. And it all Thank happened you. in 2020, right? And I know you talked about that on the actual album as well. Like, so that's just another amazing thing in itself. So kind of to follow up on that line with the experience, how has fatherhood actually made you sharper? Can you can you explain the depth of that line? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking more about uh, my future, uh, as a father, as a man, I'm thinking about the future of my son. Before, you know, it was all about 
uh, myself and what I could do in terms of getting more money and getting flyer, and getting a new car and things of that nature. Now it's more about family, you know, uh, as opposed to, you know, uh, trying to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak, in terms of outward appearances. You know, now everything I do is garnered toward my son in terms of generational wealth and trying to implement certain standards and um, viewpoints for him to emulate, you know, because mm-hmm. kids are sponges. So I, um, I'm making sure that, you know, my music is a little bit more poignant um, as well as just my lifestyle and what I do. Um, so whether that be in my physical stat- stature, trying to lose weight, as you can probably tell on, on, on the song Alive, I gained 20 pounds and I'm trying to lose that yeah, weight. So I'm going that. sharper in that facet, um, growing sharper in, in, in terms of my mental aptitude and, and writing my lyrics down. And just from a standpoint of financial wise, trying to make sure with me and my family are secure because I'm the only person making money in, in, my, in my household now. So being the breadwinner, I have to be sharper in that aspect as well. Wow, I I really respect that. And I want to say, speaking of generational wealth, one of the things I really admire about you as an MC is you're able to speak about that understanding throughout your music, right? Like, I I know you like you speak about financial freedom and you even drop jewels about financial success. I remember the Earn Your Leisure freestyle that you did on, you know, from the Earn Your Leisure channel on YouTube where you're like, you're like rapping a business class in like a hundred bar lesson. Like that was so amazing. When I, when I heard it, I just was blown away when I heard it. And and the reason why, you know, I emphasize that is because I don't really hear a lot of MCs talking about financial freedom or giving little jewels in their music about, you know, tips to make better practices towards wealth. And, um, I wanted to kind of ask you, like in hip hop, you you hear a lot of the outcome of it or the material end of it, the flossing of it, but you don't really hear people talk about what they did to actually attain this level of financial success. So talk to me about why you chose to take such an empowering approach in terms of talking about that in your music. Growing, growing up, maturing, um, and once... I experienced something in my life. I try to put it into my music some way, somehow. So I was trying to fix up my credit in 2015. And as I was doing it, you know, I was like, why don't I rap about this? This is something that nobody's done before at this particular level. So why don't I just talk about it? And, and I think, you know, fixing my credit up was the catalyst for me to do my entrepreneurial freestyle for Earn Your Leisure. Mm-hmm. They reached out to me because that freestyle had gone viral in the black financial literacy community. Wow. And then, you know, from that point, I saw that there was a community that definitely supports um, that kind of dialogue. So, you know, I'm working on something that further pushes the envelope in that capacity. Um, I'm working on a project now because I'm three projects and like my next project is going to drop in January. Um, But I'm working on the fourth project, which is going to drop in July. And that project is called The Dinner Table. And it's about all of the things that we weren't privy to when we were younger that other cultures talk about at the dinner table. And it's going to be in music format, just like the entrepreneur freestyle and just like the credit freestyle. And I want to be able to give this to my people as like, look, we can do the exact same thing that other cultures are doing if we take the time to learn these things. And maybe through music, this is an easier way for you guys to grasp this concept. That is so dope, man. I'm looking forward to that. 
Speaking about that concept, you have a line on collages where you say, 10-year mortgage, if I decide selling, it's because the property value's up in the sky's pending. And when I heard that line, I was like, man, only, you know, I felt like only somebody with like real estate investing knowledge would like understand what that is. So would you care to break that down? Yeah. So for me, um, I uh, wanted to make sure when we, when we purchased something that it was going to be a 10 year mortgage because, you know, I have plans on, you know, retiring at a specific age. And I want to be able to be, you know, have my land and have my home paid off. Um, but, you know, if someone, you know, if we do decide to leave and, and, and because the property value of the home that we purchased it at, if it doubled or if something astronomical happened, mm-hmm. I have no issues with selling that same property to gain a profit and try to, you know, move forward in another direction to, to, to get something even, even bigger or something as close to that same price um, so that, you know, we can, you know, benefit from it in that perspective. Dope, dope. Thank you for that. One of my favorite tracks on the album is A-, and I know it's kind of like a single leading up to the album, right? This track is a, you know, just to kind of explain it to folks that might not know it, it's a track where you pretty much are rapping about aspects of the letter A and cleverly infusing it into your wordplay. Why'd you choose to emphasize the letter A in addition to the minus sign for that song? So my son was, I was on a Zoom conference call and my son kept pressing the letter A. And um, I was like, well, let me write a song for my son called the letter A. And I wrote a kid's song for him about the letter A. So I sing it to him from time to time. And then I was like, you know what, let me do the same exact thing for hip hop. So I wrote a song about the letter A um, for hip hop, basically. But the caveat to the record, it, it wasn't no A in the entire song. So the song, there's not one word that has the, there's not one word that has the letter A in the no. entire song. So that's where the warped portion of that song comes from. Right. And it's a collage of, of ideas that come together on that song. And, and interestingly enough, another thing that's warped about that song is on every single song, you hear the tagline P.A. Dre, except for on A and A minus and A minus three. Wow, man. Another thing to look for on the track. I was going to ask you, um, what do you feel might be the hardest line? Because there's so much happening in that song, not, not just in the original, but in the remix. But what do you think might be the hardest line people might not get in that song? Um, for me, I think the hardest line would potentially be... It could be more than one. <laughs> I know I kind of put you on the spot I with think, that. But... I think it's on the remix. When I say uh, one single vowel drives the riddle, I use it for the vehicle I'm pushing. So simple. Um, broken tribute. If it's broken, here's the triple with the tow truck flow. Yo, check the trip, bro. Check the triple. It's a triple entendre because triple A. So it's triple A A A. Ah, I like um, that. So, so I think that's a bar that I don't think people are really kind of breaking down. And you know, I lead up to it using words, you know, that talk about you know driving, tow truck, stuff like that triple a but it's it's triple a but i'm not saying anything that it's just fucking crazy dope dope so another song that's really i mean like all of the songs on this project is really dope like i don't think there's a skippable track which is why i'm so like amazed by it but another song that really stands out is the record color 
and it's such a powerful record. Um, and I just kind of want to put the disclaimer out for anyone listening right now. Like, if you have not heard this song, like, now's a good time to pause the episode, go check that song out, and come back. <laughs> because I'm about to just drop a little spoiler. Like, so the record, when I'm listening to it, my first time listening to it, I'm like, this. the record kind of comes across like you're talking about a black person, right? Like a, a, black, a black brother from the hood, right? And at the end of the record, you reveal that this person is not black, right? Well, he's not, well, you don't reveal, he's, you say, I think you say something like, um, something re- referencing that the character is not black, right? So, um, yes. and it, it kind of blows me away and I'm like, wow, like what I wanted to ask you was, how did you write this song without mistakenly revealing the character's actual race until the end of the song? Yeah, I got to credit P.A. Dre for this. Uh, you know, when I when I got the beat, I was like, what should it be about? And he was like, yo, A Time to Kill. You know, and I took that piece from A Time to Kill when he was in the uh, when he was in the courtroom. He was, he was given a story. And that story, you know, he was telling a story about the black girl. And then he said at the end of it, what would happen if this girl was white? And I was like, oh, this is it. Why don't I tell a story about black stereotypes? and how we're looked at, right? And by the time you get to the end of the song, this person dies. What would happen if this person was black? It would be the same exact thing. So that's why the, the chorus is so poignant as well, because it's like, we're, we're all brothers regardless. You right. know, even though, we, you know, it's, it's just, it's incredible. I, I, I deviated away from revealing the race, even though you could kind of tell what the race potentially right. might be because of stereotypes. Yeah. And and the other thing too is like when I listened to it again, I was like, I noticed that that you really didn't give the race. You kind of could kind of perceive it, but it also lend the uh, the perspective that the the person, the actual race of the character could have been not just Caucasian, but he could have been another race that wasn't black. So I was like, yo, that's pretty clever too. You know what I mean? Like the fact that you opened the door for you know that diversity for it to be of any race. But we kind of could kind of figure out what it is like i think there's a line where you say um something like 400 years and they haven't changed like my brothers haven't changed or something like that and i was like oh i see that right there i caught that right there that line you know, so that was pretty <laughs> yeah, dope yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, my next question to you is uh the the last song on the record i have more to ask you but i'll i'll i'll, I'll close out with this one if you have more time i'll I'll go forward but this will be my last question if you don't have any more time on the the last song 2020 i thought it was really dope because you um you spoke up for black women as a black man you know on the record and i was just curious to know from the perspective of of a brother of yourself who has been a part of the music industry for so many years what do you think is the thing that has caused some black men to ignore the sacredness of our women? By not listening to them. Um, I'm personally fascinated by sex workers. And I think most men are, but from the, 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 the comfort of their privacy. Um, I think, you know, I, I, I would be remiss if I, did, if, I, if I said that most men didn't watch porn, right? I, I think we all do. And with the growth of the OnlyFans movement, I feel 
I find it fascinating, to be honest with you. And I, I, I made it my business to dive deep into this rabbit hole of the OnlyFans movement, not in terms of purchasing, but just to kind of see the mind state of women and why they were doing these things. Mm-hmm. And once you start to break it down, I feel like there is a disconnect between men and women when it comes to it. Men have this privilege of getting nudes, sharing nudes, uh, calling women derogatory names um, when they don't get their way and, and, and putting a standard on what a woman should be like, but also condemning them for wanting to express themselves in the way that they want to express themselves. So when I wrote these last, I wanted to end on that note. I wanted, I wanted to finish out the st- album on that note on OnlyFans because I, I just see nothing but men being disrespectful to these women who are just, you know, they're doing what we were doing to the women for years and years and years and years. No one, you know, I, I believe only the older generation admonished the pimps, right? And, and the Johns, but the younger generation of men looked up to these men and, you know, rapped as if they were this. But then when a woman takes ownership of her own sexuality, it became an issue. Mm-hmm. And for me, I wanted to dive into that because being on social media, you kind of get a sense that men are just, you know, it's that, it's that privilege thing, right? Mm-hmm. And, and again, I, I, I felt like it was, it was you know, it's, it, this project is so, it's so male-driven anyway. Like, it's just a lyrical exercise of this mosh posh of of concepts there's nothing really on there for women with the exception of one verse on red flags and the last piece on 2020 so i wanted to make sure i ended it off like listen i didn't forget about you women Mm. check this out wow and i thought it was you know you titled it 2020 so like you definitely touched you know impactfully on women but you also touched on just like the year in general, like it's such a dope record to kind of close the album with. So um, I really salute you for taking that step out. I think this album is extremely cohesive. The music kind of comes together. The, the, the you know, the, the actual instrumentals come together really well with your vocals. And you just have so many themes that are creative and thought provoking. So I want to give you props on that, man. Thank you, King. I appreciate it. You know, I wanted to, you know, I feel like the storytelling aspect in hip hop has been overlooked for some time and um, as well as the concept uh, aspect of hip hop. So, you know, I would say about 50% of this album is based around concepts and storytelling, right? You got, you know, both A minuses, that's two, color is one, angels and demons is four, and red flags is five. That's half of the project. The other half is me talking about you know, my life and what I, what I've gone through, which is collages, um, my wife's poem, uh, alive, sold out in 2020, you know, so it's, I feel like it was a great balance to give people and it was a great reintroduction to my brand for 2020 because, you know, this was the first project I released since last year around the same time. So because of the pandemic, Mm -hmm. so now I'm, you know, gearing up for a strong, strong 2021 with about five projects that I'm hoping to put out next year. Dope, dope. 
Man, that's that's so dope, man. You got time for like a couple more questions? If not, it's all good. But I just wanted to ask you. Yeah, I could do like two more. All right, beautiful. You know, yeah, of course, yeah. man. So, family, I want to thank y'all for staying here. And I thank you to Mickey Fax. His time is limited, but he's gracious to give us some extra time. So, um, the next question I had for you was, there's a line also on, I think, is it? I could be wrong. I think it's on collages as well, but I could be wrong. Where you say, y'all let an influencer and an algorithm dictate who you think is nice. Easy, right? They don't even like the things they like. Say that line again and then repeat it twice. That's a paradox like Inception with the uneven flight. What a powerful line. Let me just start by saying that. But um, help me to simplify the message you wanted to convey in that rhyme. Um, I think that line was based out of frustration for me, um, mm -hmm. knowing that the algorithms are not getting artists and creators their full maximum potential in terms of their fan bases to the people using social media. And in order to do that, you have to either pay the algorithm or you have to get an influencer to to, to exponentially grow your fan base that you already have. Um, so, you know, to me, that is what's dictating what's going on as opposed to just having your natural fan base. Like why, if, if, if I have 29, almost 30,000 followers on mm -hmm. Instagram, why can't I have a post that has 30,000 likes? Like, I just don't, I never understood that concept of why it doesn't happen that way, but that's because the algorithm is, is, is taking away from it. Right. So I, um, I say that, you know, influencer, to, uh, you let an influencer and an algorithm dictate what you think is right, easy, right? They don't even like the things they like. So sometimes people see things, they don't even like it. They just press like, and they keep scrolling, you know? So, and then, you know, I say to you, say that line again, and then repeat it twice. It's like, they don't even like the things they like. So they, the things that they like, they don't even like. Right. Not even from the double tap perspective. It's like, they don't even like the things they like. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and then, you know, that's a paradox. Like Inception with the uneven flights, you know, and then it goes into, you know, even how it ends. Remember that scene that you seen, right? You must be dreaming, right? So it's like, it's all just connected because that is how I felt at the time. It's like, this is what we're in like a dream state where you're just doing shit because it's, it becomes, it becomes natural to you, right? Like breathing. So when you see something, you just press, you just like it. You don't even know that you're liking it. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. it's because the algorithm is telling you what you like. Right. It's crazy. Wow. Definitely well said. My my next and last question for you is in reference to the song Sold Out. You talk about the your struggle to come up as an artist that would be recognized but also compensated adequately. I'm kind of just, you know, paraphrasing what I think I got from the message in the record. Now, if you had to kind of look back on your journey, how would you say your perspective has developed in terms of your mindset of success in other words how do you see success now as opposed to yesterday well obviously when you know when you come into the game you want to be the best 
ever. <laughs> and you want to make oodles and noodles amounts of money. But what people fail to realize is that's not for everybody. Everybody kind of has to get into their lane and run it and run it until the world gets it or they may ne- they may never get it. To me, success is you being happy in what it is that you do that is not bound by the constraints of what society tells you is right. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, you know, I live comfortably off of my music. I'm blessed to be able to not have worked for 13 years. Oh. My wife is blessed to not have worked for five years. Um, and, you know, we have a child. And we, <laughs> I mean, for me, I think that's successful, you know, to be able to move around freely. We do what we want. We have no want for anything. Um, and it's just by the grace of God, honestly. And I'm just, per- me personally, I feel that success is what you make of it. And I feel like I'm successful. I mean, Deb, you know, when, when I go online and I see some of the negative comments, <laughs> it's like, how, how can you guys, you guys have your projected success of what I should be. People say all the time that I should be bigger than what I am. It's like, well, things happen, you know? And mm-hmm. when you look at somebody like Drake, he gets negative comments because he's as big as he is. <laughs> so you get negative comments regardless if you're that big or if you're not that big. And then when you get, to, when you get that big, you get critiqued for being that big. I don't ever want to be in that position. I like the comfortability of being able to put out a project that people really appreciate and love and deem as either incredible or classic without having a, 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 a big number of negativity. I don't, I, I don't thrive well in negativity being mm. a cancer. So for me, I feel like I'm successful because of what I've accomplished as an independent artist at my age. There are a lot of artists that came out before me and came out after me that are not living the way I'm living currently. Wow. And it's all due to music. So I, I, I credit that to my success. Definitely, definitely. I think it's really dope that you have such an open-minded perspective. And I mean, I totally cannot be upset or mad with you, you know, being able to have that true freedom as a parent, right? Like you're really present as a parent when, you know, you, as you could say, you and your, your, your partner or your wife have that ability to really be there with your child to raise them. It's nothing like that experience. So thank you so much for again, taking the time with us today. I really wish you all the best in success, in fatherhood, in you know the rest of your journey as an artist and all the other things that you have coming. I'm really excited about that. Those two albums you said you have coming up next year. With that said, um, if there's any shout outs you wanna give or you wanna kinda share any last minute thoughts, feel free to. But again, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, shout out to everybody that's uh, checked out the project. Cause honestly, you know, I am I'm grateful. Mm. I really am grateful. I can't say I'm humbled. I'm just grateful that people are still able to listen to a project that I wrote in two days and, and feel like it's that crazy. You know, so that is giving me the inspiration to to do this on a more consistent basis. Um, so thank you to everybody. You know, go to MickeyFacts.com, you know, pick up some merch, 
because you know when people buy merch, people think it's just to kind of uh, you know uh, put more money in our pocket. But honestly, it's to 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 for us to reinvest, yeah. <laughs> to buy more merch, and to also uh, fund studio time because obviously they're not paying as as well as they used to back in the day. So all of this is basically going back into the you know going yeah. into the brand. So anybody any support that anybody can give is, is all I ask. Yeah. Even if it's a comment, like, share, whatever, on any of my platforms, I, it just helps. Yeah. And it's quality art, so I think it's worthy of that support. You know, I'll just, you know, say that. But, um, yeah, man, again, I really appreciate you, Mickey. Much, much success again and much respect. And to all of our listeners, you know, make sure y'all go check out our website, outtheboxmedia.com. You can subscribe there. We have a lot going on this year in particular. Um, as we come to a close, we're going to have one of our shows where we're going to talk about some of our best albums of the year. And this definitely is going to be one of my recommendations, the Warp Collages. So, um, yeah, keep it locked with us. Make sure you visit us on Instagram, Twitter. You know, we're Out The Box Media on Instagram and Twitter and Out The Box Radio on Facebook. And on that note... I want to say peace, love, and light. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay focused. Peace. Peace.